I'm Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to the Boxing for Free podcast. Well, once again, uh, this podcast is extremely overdue. Um, I could give you a bunch of excuses, all of them legitimate, but I'm not going to do that. Let's just start with the podcast, because that's what you're here for. Uh, Carl Frampton versus Leo Santa Cruz 2. Santa Cruz ends up winning, which, uh, I'll be honest, surprised the hell out of me. I thought that uh, Frampton was going to win. He didn't. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. I know I said it before, but it, it caught me by surprise. I really thought that Frampton, uh, with the kind of the momentum of uh, his uh, his past year, I mean, he was named Fighter of the Year by Ring Magazine. I thought, okay, maybe that's going to you know help him train a bit harder. Maybe it's going to propel him a bit further. But no. The curse of Ring Magazine continues, apparently. It it seems like the only ones who have not suffered uh, some sort of, I don't know, uh, harsh setback to their career after being named Fighter of the Year, the only two I can think of in this decade have been Sergio Martinez, yeah, he was Fighter of the Year in 2010, and Sergei Kovalev, uh, he was in 2014. Andre Ward was in 2011, and uh, he's just cursed with inactivity, and uh, the inability to attract a fan base. Juan Manuel Marquez, uh, big year knockout Manny Pacquiao at the end of 2012, and the following year in his next fight, he lost to Timothy Bradley. It was a good fight. Uh, now, Adonis Stevenson did not lose any... He, in fact, he hasn't lost any fights in several years, but uh, what happened to him was uh, in 2014... He signed with Al Heyman and just kind of, he kind of pissed away all the goodwill that he had uh, built up in 2013. Everybody was uh, on board with Adonis Stevenson. They wanted to see the showdown with Sergey Kovalev, which is probably never going to happen. Uh, don't look for Stevenson to get a fight with Andre Ward either, because Andre Ward is unsure about whether he likes boxing again or not. And uh, Tyson Fury, again... Uh, he didn't lose any fights. He's still undefeated, but his uh, his greatest opponent is Cocaine. Yeah. I, sorry. I mean, I, I, I'm just looking at the facts, and that's what they are. So uh, there is talks of uh, Frampton and Santa Cruz having a rematch. Frampton, I believe he said that he wanted to have it in Dublin, Ireland. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not uh, it's not Dublin, Ireland. Uh, D- Dublin, Ireland. It's uh, Belfast, which is the uh, capital and the largest city of uh, Northern Ireland. It shows you how much I know about Irish geography. I just think that there's Dublin, and uh, that's about it. There might be Leprechaunville. I d- I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> um, I I do hope that. Uh, a trilogy or a rubber match rather can take place. I think it, I think it was a good fight. Uh, like I said, Santa Cruz really impressed me. Uh, impressed a lot of people, particularly the judges, since he got the victory. Um, yeah, let, let's hope that it can happen. I think it, uh, that when you have good fights like that and uh, you establish trilogies, I think that they're good for boxing. Moving on. Where is Manny Pacquiao going to be fighting Jeff Horn? Now, a lot of you might be wondering, wait, who the hell is Jeff Horn again? 
Well, he is, for some reason, Manny Pacquiao's future opponent. Yeah, he's the name who was on everybody's lips, remember? Uh, Horn is from Brisbane, Australia. He's got a uh, undefeated record of 16 wins, 11 uh, knockouts. He's only got one draw. That's the only blemish on his record, and that came in his fourth fight, which was all the way back in 2013. Uh, he doesn't hold a major belt. He's got one of those uh, intercontinental welterweight titles from the WBO. Pacquiao is the WBO welterweight champion. Uh... A lot of us were hoping that he would be fighting Terrence Crawford, but now the talk is, oh, well, maybe Crawford will actually fight Mikey Garcia instead. That'd be a great fight. But uh, there, there seems to be some confusion about where this fight between Pacquiao and Horn is taking place because uh, uh, Horn's team is saying that it's going to be in Brisbane, Australia, which is where he's... Uh, Horn is born and raised, but now uh, Pacquiao apparently sent out some tweets saying that the fight was going to be in Dubai. So uh, there's major confusion on both sides. Uh, I hope that before the fight takes place, the fighters can come to some sort of agreement on where it's actually going to take place, and I hope that they can do something to get me excited about it. I'm sorry. I don't care about this fight at all. It's weird. We made such a big deal about Manny Pacquiao retiring after he defeated Timothy Bradley in their rubber match, but ever since he came back, I just I haven't been that interested. Yeah, I uh, I paid attention to when he was uh, fighting Jesse Vargas uh, when he made his comeback earlier this year, but in all honesty, I wasn't excited about it. I wasn't thinking, oh, maybe I can get somebody to cover my shift and I can uh, miss work that night to cover the fight. No. I just thought, eh, I'll, uh, I'll sneak in the back every 20 minutes and go on Twitter and see what's happening. Other than Pacquiao knocking down Vargas in the second round, I, there wasn't that much excitement in it. I'm sorry. that, that That's just the way I feel. And I feel that they're going to have to do a lot more to get me excited about Horn versus Pacquiao. Now, if they say something like, "Okay, the winner is going to be getting a sh or is going to be fighting Terence Crawford," Terence Crawford gets the winner. Something like that. Something to get me excited as a fight fan. Because right now, it just it almost feels like Pacquiao. Like these aren't really meaningful fights. That they're just sort of exhibitions. That they don't really add anything to his legend. I mean, quite a legend that he's got, but. I don't know. You just feel that, that he could be doing more, and he's just going through the motions because, I don't know, maybe he just doesn't like his job as a senator. Oh, gosh, being a politician sucks. Who knew? Anyway, moving on. Now, here's a fight that I am excited for, and I know that I harped on it uh, last year and probably even earlier this year, too, but that is Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. versus Canelo Alvarez. Yeah, the more I just, you know, kind of calm down and, like, tell myself, don't worry about what Oscar said about no catch weights and all that. Don't worry about the weight so much. Just, you know, breathe in, out, and just kind of think about this fight for a second. And even the more news stories that I'm reading about it, depending upon how much stock you want to put into those, the more excited I am getting about this fight. 
Uh, Chavez Jr. has said that he is going to be hiring legendary trainer Ignacio Berstein for this fight. And in fact, Nacho has said that if Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. wins this fight, that he is going to retire. According to sources, he has been training for 55 years and he wants to go out with one big victory. And in all honesty, what could be a bigger victory for him than... uh, than knocking out, or not even knocking out, but just helping uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. defeat Canelo Alvarez. Personally, if I if it were me, I I would have uh, retired after the uh, fourth fight between Juan Manuel Marquez and Manny Pacquiao when he knocked Pacquiao out. But I mean, it's it's up to Nacho, and that's fine. I'm also getting a lot of uh, reports about how everyone is talking about how serious. Junior is taking this fight. Now, granted, uh, Junior said that he was taking training very seriously almost five years ago when he was uh, getting ready to fight Sergio Martinez, but I knew that that was a load of crap. Just go back, listen to some of the very, very early episodes of the Boxing for Free podcast, and uh, you'll, you'll tell that I can, or not you'll tell, but You'll hear how I can tell that Julio uh, is not taking the training seriously. He's just kind of ditching Freddie Roach at the gym or not even ditching Freddie Roach. He's just not showing up. He's telling Freddie, oh, yeah, I'll be there. Wink, wink. And then he's not. And how he's sleeping in until like three or four o'clock in the afternoon, waking up, parading around in his pink bikini brief underwear and then just jumping in the pool looking stoned. And... (laughs) Yeah, it turns out that that was uh, a very accurate observation because Julio did test positive for marijuana after the Martinez fight, which, as we all know, he lost. It's kind of sad because you think about it, he really had the potential to win that fight. It was a very dangerous fight for Martinez, but he won it uh, how I thought he would by using his movement, his angles, just being faster, better. The only thing that I did not get uh, right in my prediction, I said that Martinez would stop Chavez in the 11th round, didn't went to a decision. But even in that last round, that was a thrilling last round that uh, Chavez Jr. Martinez had. And the, the guy next to me at the uh, at the pub uh, I was watching this fight at, he said, how come he didn't fight like that all 12 rounds? And it's a good question, but imagine if an in-shape Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. shows up for this fight uh, against Canelo Alvarez like he did for the 12th round uh, against Sergio Martinez. That could be a great fight. That could be an explosive fight. And this is uh, the biggest chance for redemption that Chavez Jr. has had uh, ever since the defeat to Martinez. He blew it against Brian Vera where he kept changing the weights he said oh you know he kept increasing it because he was so fat and out of shape and then he uh, got a decision that everybody says he shouldn't have just l- victories that nobody cared about then there was the Andrew Fonfara fight where he got stopped and started making excuses but finally he's got a chance to solidify himself once again as the premier Mexican fighter in the sport he, he's got to know that if he doesn't win this fight, that it's all over for him. I mean, 
they, uh, Canelo's saying that this is a very personal fight for him, that Chavez has been disrespecting him. Uh, maybe it's a good idea for Chavez to uh, step up with these taunts and these mind games, kind of say that he's the real Mexican champion because... You know, if he was it, that, he would be willing to face Gennady Golovkin, unlike Canelo at the moment. But either way, I'm really looking forward to this fight. The more I think about, it, the more I say, "Wow, I, I I hope I've got this night off of work." I'm pretty sure that I do. I'm pretty sure. But either way, you know, really want to see it. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. Moving on. Another fight that I am looking forward to now that it's been announced. Kell Brook will defend his IBF welterweight title against the very dangerous contender Errol Spence. Spence is 21-0, 18 KOs. Brook is coming off his first loss, his only loss, and that was from last year against Gennady Golovkin, a fight that took place at middleweight. All the credit in the world to Kell Brook, because first off, I never expected him to uh, want to challenge Gennady Golovkin, go all the way up to middleweight and do that, and now uh, coming back after such a crushing defeat, he's going to take on one of the more avoided welterweight contenders in the in the uh, division. Errol Spence is no pushover. In fact, it's a very dangerous fight for him. It, it was well, a dangerous fight for both fighters, but uh, I think that Kell Brook is taking the greater chance here. Um, it's apparently going to be taking place uh, in England. Now, is that a disadvantage to Spence? Because, uh, let's be honest, I mean, I, I don't want to disrespect all British people, but I, if they... Mm, I got to be careful with how I word this. Brooke is the champion, okay? So I, I got to give a respect to Errol Spence for wanting to go over and take the, uh, take the belt from Spence in his uh, home country. But at the same time, I just hope that the, uh, that the judges are not as biased as British fight fans are. Let's be honest, British fight fans... They are incredibly biased, okay? <laughs> they really are. If you ever listen to British fight fans, I mean, Kell Brook could probably just land a jab on Errol Spence, and the crowd will go nuts, kind of like he started to wobble him. And you'd be surprised how many uh, fight fans I heard, or British fight fans, that were uh, picking Brook uh, they were picking Brook to win the fight against Gennady Golovkin, but come on, they oh they're so biased sometimes. It's almost, it's it's borderline hilarious sometimes because you're wondering, oh come on, are you just winding me up for a laugh, or are you really this mentally ill? Which you know I shouldn't laugh at apparently because that's rude. But either way, I mean. <laughs> Errol Spence could be winning the fight and be knocking Kell Brook down every other round, but you could probably get handed to some uh, fight fan from England watching. 
and he'd probably say something like, well, I think that Brooke is actually doing a good job of uh, lulling Spence into a false sense of security, you see. Now, see, look, he just got knocked down again, and he's making him think, oh, no, you, you really got me here, mate. But I think that Brooke is going to turn it around very soon. I mean, there are only... 12 seconds left in the in the final round, but I think if Brook really makes an effort, he could turn it around, really. And that is my terrible British accent for you. I, I normally can do a better one, but uh, that's, that, that's only if I'm drunk, believe it or not. So, <laughs> either way, um, I think regardless, it's going to be a good fight. Like I said, props to both guys for agreeing to take it. Uh, props for Errol Spence for wanting to go over to England. Props to Cal Brook for saying, okay, uh, no soft touches after my first loss. Let's uh, let's come back in a big way. You know, it, it's funny. You, you've got Pacquiao and Horn, which I don't really care about, but you've got the potential of Leo Santa Cruz versus Carl Frampton in Belfast, Ireland. You've got Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., versus Canelo Alvarez in May. Kel Brook versus Errol Spence. I mean, wow, those are three fights that I'm really looking forward to. Is there any way that some stupid fight could come around that makes me say, oh, for the love of God, what is this horse crap? That's right, if you hear that music, that means that we're talking about Roy Jones Jr. Roy Jones Jr., silver medalist, should have been gold of the 1988 Seoul Korea Games. Uh, 64 wins, 9 defeats, champion from middleweight all the way to the heavyweight division. For some reason, he is still fighting. He will be continuing his ongoing and seemingly never-ending career this Saturday. Or wait, this Saturday or is it this Friday? Hold on, let's uh, let's get the facts right on this for once. Not that it really matters, but... No, I apologize. It is this Friday. He will be fighting Billy Gunn. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, sorry, not Billy Gunn, not uh, Mr. Ass. No, he's going to be fighting Bobby Gunn. Bobby Gunn with... Uh... <laughs> That'd be kind of cool if he was fighting uh, badass Billy Gunn, wouldn't he? <laughs> but no, he's uh, he's fighting Bobby Gunn, a uh, fighter with a record of 21-6-1. and 18 wins by way of knockout. Uh, last won uh, a fight all the way back in 2009. Uh, almost to the day that this fight will be taking place. This fight will be taking place on uh, this uh, the 17th. And uh, yeah, Bobby Gunn last won a fight uh, February 25th, 2009 against Brad Gregory. Knocked him out. He's... Uh, been on a three-fight losing streak, losing to fighters like Tomas Adamek, Glenn Johnson, James Tony. So, you know, all former champions in one way or another. This fight is going to be for the vacant and also worthless WBF World Boxing Federation World Cruiserweight title. <sighs> yeah. 
Uh, only thing I can kind of, you know, say, yeah, that's kind of cool about Bobby Gunn is that he was born in Niagara Falls, Ontario, Canada. Yeah, even I'm not that impressed by it either. Roy, for the love of God, please retire. I mean, I don't know. Just do anything else. You're good on commentary on HBO. I I honestly do like Roy Jones' commentary, but sometimes I I just wonder, like, why are you still doing this? I mean, there's got to be some other way to make money, and this is not the way to do it, dude. It really isn't. I mean, you're going to be, what, uh... 48? Yeah, Roy Jones Jr. actually turned 48 last month. And here he is fighting once again against some unworthy, unnecessary opponent. He'll probably win. He'll dance around, sing Y'all Must Have Forgot or Can't Be Touched or whatever crappy rap song he made about himself. And he'll delude himself into thinking, okay, well, I can step up my opposition, right? No, I mean, whenever he's done that, he always gets knocked out. He always does. He, he gets knocked out. He gets hurt. He takes punishment that he really shouldn't. I mean, that it's what's been happening for the past eight years or so. Well, probably even more than that, but I'm going to be kind. Either way, Roy, please retire. I really am tired of playing the merry-go-round broke down whenever I have to talk about you. And that's the reason why I only play that music is whenever I talk about Roy Jones Jr. fight. I mean, Roy Jones Jr. could announce his retirement. No more of that music. But regardless, Roy, uh, please, please, please stop fighting. Okay? You, you should have done this 10 years ago. Okay? Honest to God, I didn't mind the fight against Tito Trinidad. I really didn't. I, I, I didn't mind that too much. I mean, granted, that was in early 2008, but regardless, I think that uh, he should just retire. Work on training fighters. Open a gym. Who wouldn't love to be trained by Roy Jones Jr.? But I don't know, and uh, that's all I've got to say on the subject. Anyway, that's all I have for you this week. I am going to be doing, or I'm going to be trying to do another podcast. Uh, in the coming months, we've got fights like Danny Garcia versus Keith Thurman. We've also got Sergio Mora versus Triple G. Uh, so hopefully, I can get another podcast to you guys within two weeks. Really, me at this time. And uh, if I don't, Justin will pay you like a thousand dollars a pop. Okay, so. <laughs> Just don't tell Justin that I told you that. Not yet, anyway. Anyway, that's all we have for you this week. We hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Boxing for Free podcast. You can find us online at www.boxingforfree.com. That's boxing, the number four, free.com. Twitter.com slash boxing for free. Be like Arislandi Lara, Robert Guerrero, Berman Stavern, Miller Adzizic, Adonis Stevenson, Glenn Johnson. Wow, that's a lot of famous boxers and hundreds of others. And follow us on Twitter. Go to youtube.com slash boxing for free and like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash boxing for free page. You can subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, and several other podcast directories. If you use iTunes, give us a review and let everyone know that the Boxing for Free podcast is your source for boxing news and commentary. 
I'm Andrew Schweitzer. Thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in next time. Thank you.